YouTube, so we'll see. Live streaming is on. Okay, well, that's better than last time. Yeah. But we're already live, so it's all good. Welcome, everybody. We're running just a little bit behind time tonight, but uh, we are here. It's Tuesday night. It's time for the Get Off My Lawn podcast, so uh, we're happy you're along for the ride, and we want everybody to... Hold on there. Let's do that. Sorry, I'm running just a little bit behind myself, getting all the technical details worked out as we go, so... uh, Anyway, here we are. Okay, so who's out there tonight in the chat? We've got Sandhill Sweetheart in the chat. She is not sitting over there tonight. Um, I am all by myself. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing tonight. Um, I am running this all by myself tonight from an undisclosed location in the Sandhills Media Empire also known as our house. Uh, but Sandhill Sweetheart is not in the house tonight. She's in the chat. She's here. She's still going to hold it down like she always does. The only thing that's really going to change is, uh, number one, I'm not going to be able just to uh, um, ask her questions like she's in the room. And number two, I'm not going to have the list at the end. So uh, if we don't get everybody's name shouted out, that is only because I'm only going to be able to see a few of the names as I scroll up at the end. So uh, real quick, we'll take a little bit of roll here. Uh, Squiblift is in the house. We've got George Washington. Uh, so far, you haven't missed anything, G-dubs. It's all good. Defense Dad doing double duty. Iron Horseman checking in from Nevada. What's up, Iron Horseman? Uh, Ozzy's at work. He will be here later. G23 is here. Blue Steel 44. Gizzard Gary's giving us the bird. Seven Wonders. Squibload doing double duty. Uh, Nighthawk Medic. Welcome. That's one of my friends from the uh, Pass the Mag video. Glad to see you, Nighthawk. Um, if you haven't seen that cool Pass the Mag video, take two, then you need to go watch it. As soon as this live stream is over, then uh, go scroll down my other videos and uh, check out that collaboration. Very, very cool video. Um, that uh that we all did that was that was fun to be part of and the best thing about collabs is uh just because maybe somebody wasn't in one of them doesn't mean they can't be in another one make one go out and and recruit some people and have fun get creative don't don't do what we did do something even cooler and we'll wish that we'd been part of that so that's how that works uh 402 outdoorsman fluffy 10 millimeter jeep guy i see you guys obnoxious one is first as always uh ss pawn stands in the house what's up stan uh poor conservative and again if i've missed anybody that's just because i'm rolling through people awful quick here so uh we're getting a few few panelists here uh joining in and i sent out more links so uh there may be more people joining us before uh before too long what's up m gabriel i see you um, so real quick here, as people roll in, we will give them a chance to say hi, but we will let everybody introduce themselves, um, real quick here, the ones that are in the panel. So first up in the room, we had defense dad. What's up going on in the, uh, the capital city tonight. Just living the dream, man. Went out and shooting with the kiddo this afternoon and put up a video and now we're here. That's awesome. And you guys, what'd you say you put about, uh, a hundred and. What did you say, 180 rounds downrange? Yeah, or, 
Or yeah, I, I got to shoot about 30 of them. The kid <laughs> did the That's all right. I saw the group. So, uh, uh, you know, it's it's nice because even though she's got a dad with the gun, uh, you can't always be there. So it's nice to see the next generation learning how to uh, how to shoot, how to manipulate a firearm, how to do it safely, and then how to uh, be able to, you know, as she gets older, take a little bit more responsibility as she grows for her own safety. So uh, I think you're raising her up right. That's what I think. Uh, yeah, you bet. Next up, we've got Squib Load. What's up, Squib? Um, having some trouble finding the uh, mute button. <laughs> it happens. That's okay. I've never ever missed the mute button. What's going on in your neck of the woods tonight? Not too much. Not too much. We had some nice weather today, and uh, just uh, doing things around the house. We uh, we did too. It was a little bit cooler here. It's been uh, it's been just hot as crap in my book, and I know it really hasn't been that hot yet. It's only been about. 90. Um, so in another month, it's probably going to, you know, it'll be over a hundred, I'm sure here in Nebraska, even, and I'm not even going to talk to the people down in, in Phoenix and in that area, Death Valley. It was, it was 90 here today with 26% humidity. I was out all day doing work and it felt comfortable. Yeah. See, it felt like about 126% humidity. It has for a week now. Um, I can deal with heat more than I can deal with humidity. It doesn't have to be very warm if it's humid uh, before I can't breathe. So, uh, it's just but, uh, there's no air, man. No, wind. yeah, that's just yeah. it. Just, there's no air to breathe. Uh, you about have to have gills just to, just to get any O2 out of the air. So and don't feel bad. We had, it was 90 and all kinds of humid here today too. It's supposed to get thunderstorms tomorrow. Yay. Well there, I heard thunder about uh, 20 minutes ago and I, I think we're going to be okay, but if, if this chat just up and disappears, it's because we lost power tonight. Um, I don't look for that to happen, but uh, just in case, uh, I will just throw that one out there. So uh, next up, we've got Travis. What's up, Travis? Hey, man, not much. It's been a busy evening. I filled in for Night Strike, who's who's busy uh, assembling a new server. So he was unable to go live. So we had the, the Travi Collective Takeover edition of Hit or Miss. But anyway, I'm Travis P11. Check out my YouTube channel. Subscribe to everybody on this panel this evening. Lots of good content. And I appreciate the invite, man. Thank you. You bet. All right. Next up, we'll say hi to Rich White from Unloaded Media. Hello. Hello. All right. Short and to the point. Uh, I said hello. I said we'll say hello. Yeah, and you I can, said hello back. You can you can say more if you'd like. I don't know what to say. Okay, that's enough from you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we will give everybody a chance to sound off as we get going here. I've got a few ground rules for the night, so we'll get into those after we get done letting everybody else introduce themselves. Uh, next up, we've got Pat Hirsch joining us from halfway across the state. What's up? Uh, not much. Just uh, trying to ride out some of this wind and nasty weather we got going on down here in South Central Nebraska, but still happy to have the power on and uh, glad to be on tonight. Amen to that. All right. And then last but certainly not least, we've got the Tactical Pickle coming all the way from the West Coast. Calaveras 32 Special is in the house. Hey, I appreciate the invite. Um, yeah, that's for 90 degrees of what it was today here. But luckily, we had almost no humidity, so it wasn't that hot. Last week was 104, so that was a little that was a little tougher. But uh, 
Yeah, that's for as for power going now. That you guys are afraid that you're, that you know the lightning's going to scare the hamster off the generator wheel or what? Um, no, because we actually use horses on really big belts. So um, if anything, they'll just run faster and the lights will get brighter. I'm not worried about that part. <laughs> so, okay. Um, up there in the chat, G23 says he didn't get the invite. That's because I haven't got your email, dude. Um, if anybody's got G23's email, go ahead and forward the link on over there. That'll be fine. Of course, everybody knows the rules. We do try to keep the... Uh, the chat as classy as we can. You're free to get worked up. You're free to get angry. Uh, just keep the language to a PG level. That's all we ask. There may be little ears listening. I know that one or two people in the panel uh, have kids in the house as they're joining us. So uh, just in case they're not using headphones, just make sure that we don't embarrass anybody. Uh, don't say anything that you wouldn't say in front of uh, somebody else's grandma. I won't even say your grandma because a lot of people uh, you can say about anything in front of my grandma and they'll tell me, but uh, just if you can't say it, you know, in front of mixed company, don't say it. That's all. Um, next up, as far as ground rules, we're going to have what we call the grumpy old man chat. And right now, all we have is men in our panel. Uh, we've got at least one lady out in the uh, out in the chat, of course, my wife. Uh, and we may have other ladies that join us, but um, this is a chat that's for everybody. Just because I call it grumpy old man doesn't mean that women aren't welcome. But uh, one of the things that I want to stay away from for now, for tonight, is um, the discussion about about racial topics, racism, and, and things like that. There's plenty of stuff to talk about that's going wrong right now without getting into Black Lives Matter and, and things like that that are race-related. The reason I say I want to stay away from it is because I'm saving it for next week and we're just, I, I want to put everything out on the table. Um, so I don't want to go into something next week, having said already, you know, most of what I want to say next week. And, and then it just kind of sounds like I'm, I'm just rehashing stuff. So we're going to save that for next week. And I really hope that it turns out into uh, not a cluster. You know what? Um, I think that we can all be grownups and we can all have a discussion next week like we did with abortion. I thought that went uh, really, really well uh, here a while back when we talked about abortion. We're going to talk about um, not just race. We're going to talk about discrimination and, and prejudice about a lot of different things. So it doesn't have to be skin color um, or just ethnicity. It, it could be gender. It could be uh, sexual preference. It could be, you know, anything that people um, get discriminated uh, over. We'll talk about that next week. So we're going to leave that part out for now that's just my only request even out there in the chat those of you that have the blue wrenches please help enforce that tonight we'll just do uh you know three strikes you're out you'll get a couple warnings to to knock it off before people ban you but um next week will be a zero tolerance as far as actually uh directly insulting or attacking people but you know tonight we'll be a little bit more lenient and, and give people a few reminders that hey we're gonna we're going to leave a, a certain topic alone. So last but not least, the typical disclaimer, the views that I express are mine alone and they don't reflect on anybody else in the panel. Vice versa, the views of each panelist are theirs and theirs alone and don't reflect on anybody else in the panel or this podcast or this channel. Okay. I think I've covered it all. Have I missed anything? I don't think so. 
All right. Only that, you know, uh, I'm surprised that you expect all of us to be adults. I mean, come on, you know this panel. Some of these guys aren't even 30 yet. Well, but I'm going to get maybe yeah, some right. extra people that aren't <laughs> normally in the panel. Um, so I don't think age and, and adult normally or necessarily have uh, have a lot to do with each other always either. So um, I did make a few notes, a few things I wanted to talk about tonight just to kind of get the thing started. But, but here's the thing. Um, think of this as we're sitting around at the coffee shop. Um, you know, we're, we're all just grumping, complaining, getting stuff off our chest about what's going on lately and what is, uh, you know, what's going wrong with the world. And so, um, <laughs> Blitz, I just saw your comment. Uh, I don't know if that's my theme song, but uh, it might be. Uh, those of you that aren't on my Facebook page, you'll just have to wonder. Okay. Um, anyway, a couple things that I wanted to get the, the, the ball rolling and then everybody else can just kind of throw stuff out to, um, we don't, we don't need to go around the horn. We'll just not walk on each other. Um, a couple things that are happening. And of course, even though we're going to leave the racial angles out of it, we can still talk about protesting. It's been going on a lot. I think everybody's aware of that. Um, it even happened in my town. Protesting happened in my town. Um, I was very, very pleased at how um, how peaceful it remained in my town. There wasn't anything that, I, that I've heard about. There have been at least three different protests now in my town, and no violence has broken out. Nothing bad has come of it. Um, they've gotten some, you know, coverage in the newspaper and, and, uh, the TV stations and radio stations locally. And so, uh, you know, they, they've gotten their message out to the world. Um, and they did it in the way that the, I think the founding fathers intended in the first amendment is, uh, uh, peacefully they got together. They stayed on the public, you know, right away on the sidewalk. They didn't get out in the, uh, didn't get out in the road and block any traffic, and nobody uh, had any issues with violence or anything like that. So one of the first things that, that I'm going to just open this up with is I don't have to agree with what the protest is about to agree that sometimes protesting is a good thing. It's definitely a legal thing and, and it can be quite healthy and I will support the right to protest. Even if that means people are, kneeling during the national anthem or burning the flag in protest, I will support their right to protest. Now there are certain things like the flag burning or the kneeling during the anthem. I do not support the people that do it. And I want to make that huge distinction because it, it's, it's night and day difference. I support that they have a right to be a jerk. I just don't support the people that I think are being jerks. Um, so I'm going to throw it out there and just let anybody else kind of sound off on, on just that notion to start with. I like how you put, you support their right to do it, but you don't necessarily support them. I've said it before. I served in the military to protect people's right, their freedom of expression, including burning the flag, even though I think as a veteran, I should have the right to bust them in the face and not get charged with anything. <laughs> I don't agree with it. I don't like it but I do support their right to do it despite the fact that it is unpatriotic and turns my stomach. And, and I, yeah, exactly where I'm coming from. And, and I, I support Wibbs right to punch flag burners in the face. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If, if you've actually, uh, if you've actually enlisted and, and sworn the oath to, 
to protect and, and defend that flag, then I think that there ought to be something that you can do about it. But again, we've had this discussion before. Um, anyway, I'm just going to let that be. Yeah, it, it it would be nice sometimes to be able to do something about it, but at the same time, um, as long as they're being peaceful and not getting violent, then we can't do anything back to them without breaking the law or or becoming hypocrites ourselves. So I'm with you. Um, well, that's where you can't necessarily bust them in the nose for it, but you can stand there opposite them and argue with them over you know uh, over the you know what's causing you know what cause they're burning it for you sure. know. Uh, but that's where, yeah, short of physically assaulting them, yeah, as I say, you can stand there, you know, arm's length apart and argue with them. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and people want to line up and yell at each other all day until they're blue in the face. Go for it. Okay. You know I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll trade. Ahead. I'll trade. No physical assault by veterans on unpatriotic people. We just revoked their citizenship. <laughs> you have the right to do it, but once you do it, you're on the path to becoming a Canadian citizen. Well, I mean, honestly, if if it's that bad, don't burn the flag. Just work to change it. Um, that reminds me of a thought, and and it's not time yet, so I'm just going to write it down here. But uh, we're going to get back to another thought that that I just had. So, as far as the rest of it, anybody else have anything they want to mention? Yeah, um, I forget whose channel it was on, but I was watching a video earlier where. I don't remember where it was either, but somebody was going to run. I think it was um Sac outside Sacramento, California, now, where they were going. Somebody went and burned flags in this one community. They went and burned uh, flags that people had on display outside their houses. Almost caught one lady's house on fire. Oh wow! So they went onto people's private property and started burning their private property. Yes. Yeah. Now, see, that is illegal. That I draw the line. That should not be. Uh, well, it's not legal. It shouldn't be condoned and it shouldn't be allowed. That is a hundred percent different than showing up at a protest with a flag that you yourself procured and, and lit it on fire. That's, that's bad, but it's legal. Yeah. It like yeah that's true. And they have Trump no idea. Trying to burn the, yeah, trying to burn the flag that's on my house. That's arson. Yeah, that I'd say, you know, I deserve the bust in the nose because that potentially endangers myself and my loved ones who are inside that home if that, you know, uh, house happened to catch fire. So yeah, that, it's vandalism and you have to trespass to do it. That borders on I'm out of fear for my life situation. Yes, yeah, so yeah. you, you throw the private property thing in there and now I've got to, like, as much as I don't like flag burning and like, like you were saying, I, I support their right to do it, but I don't support them. If you own something and you want to destroy it, nobody should have the right to tell you not to. You you purchased it with your money. It's not like you know you ripped it down off the state capitol building. So right. But if it's somebody else's flag that they're flying in their yard because they are proud of this country and they are proud of that flag, no, you don't have a right to burn my flag. What was it Johnny Cash said? Um I support the right to burn the flag, but if you burn mine, I'm going to punch you in the nose or I'm going to shoot you. What do you, I don't remember how he said it now. Probably both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going to punch you in the nose and then shoot you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any, either way, um, yeah, it, it's one thing to, yeah, it, it's one thing to burn a flag that's yours, but, but you can't go take other people's stuff. Uh, that's, that's a crime. That's called theft. And, and you can't 
break or, or destroy other people's stuff. That's usually called vandalism or, or maybe arson or a lot of different things could be, could be tacked on there. So plus again, you go into somebody else's yard to get to it and you're trespassing. And depending on the state, that might not end well for you just in and of itself. So just don't be dumb. If you're going to protest, protest the right way. That's all I'm saying. I'll support your right to protest, all of you. You don't have to protest things that I care about. It might be things I vehemently disagree with, but I'll support your right to say it. Yeah, Philo out there in the chat's talking about the protesters in Seattle that took over a police station in the seven-block area around the police station and declared it an independent area in the city free of city rule. Oh, God. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. I've heard a little bit about that. I don't know how it's going to work out for them ultimately, but well, here's the thing: if they surround them and box them in, they can just wait them out. That's Please costing teach. a lot of it's costing a lot of taxpayer money, but eventually they're going to run out of food, water, whatever the heck. They're going to give up. No, they're not going to run out of food. They got the local citizens in the area letting them come into their houses and use their bathrooms and getting food and stuff from them. All right. I mean, I thought you meant like a downtown area or something. Yeah, no, no, I was thinking. This, this is in a residential area. Uh, okay. oh. There's homes and you know, in the area. You know, Squibb's idea they area. could blockade, you know, uh, you know, uh, the entire area and not let anybody in or out. I mean, so that idea could work. It just has to be taken, you know, uh, to a pretty high level. It would yeah, take longer to starve them out, but eventually all those houses are going to run out of food. Yeah, the downside is there's like little convenience stores and stuff there that have all kinds of food and stuff on hand. Well, the downside is, let's say you lived in that area and you didn't support these guys, and they just came in, and now you're boxed in with them. You know, yep. they're using you as a human shield. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, but then we then I mean, again, that's still there's nothing about that that's okay. Then then you become a hostage if they're in your house. Uh, holding you against your will and they entered against your will, that's again, and, there's so much wrong with that notion, that concept. Well, another good reason to be armed, right? It is, and we're, that's is. one of the things we're going to get to. Probably should have led with that, but it's <laughs> one of the things that we're going to get to. Okay, so you got a bunch of protesters that are, you know, coming down the street. It looks like the end of the Police Academy movie, okay? <laughs> and you don't know what is going on and you decide you're going to go Korean and get on the roof, right? with your gun and protect what's yours. And, you know, before you know it, the police are, you know, coming through the neighborhood and, you know, at that point, maybe you need to get down off the roof. Oh, yeah. You know, but uh, it's, and and you don't know what side they're on. You don't know what they, you don't know. Okay. They've been, they've been burning stores and looting stores. What if they do that to your house? You don't know. Well, and, and that's just it is, you know, I don't own, much but what i what i own is mine i don't want anybody else using it unless i've invited them to i don't want anybody else occupying my little postage stamp of a lot but unless again unless i've invited them to so what's mine is is mine um at least as long as i have the power to maintain it and maintain control of it it's mine so Again, yeah. What what better example than what's going on in the world right now to explain why our forefathers listed one of the rights that we have as the right to keep and bear arms and made sure that uh, nobody could legally take that right away? 
or not take that right away, but block us from exercising the right, I guess I should say. You can't take away a right. You can only um, you can only deny the exercising of that right. Is that right? <laughs> anyway, so. I think you guys all know what I'm trying to say there. The government doesn't give us the right, so the government can't take that right away. All they can do is block us from, from exercising any of the rights that we have. And the Constitution, this little handy-dandy little, you know, tiny little thing right here, it doesn't take long to read it. If you're a, you know, normal reader, you can you can knock it out in a couple hours. Look at that, there's one It looks like mine. It's cool how they can... Get the autograph copy. Oh! <laughs> I don't have an autographed copy. No, I'm just. Did you get George? But, George Washington, are you signing autographs on constitutions out there? It was on yeah. eBay. They say it's legit, but I don't know. So, well, there's a photo of him signing it. So, yeah, it's legit. You know, it's crazy talking about this zone that they've declared some sort of a sovereign, free nation. I, if I was living in that region in that area, I would almost see that control over me as being a tyrannical government who's ever trying to run that little area because no matter how free and independent they claim the area is going to be there's always going to be one person that's pulling the strings in that particular sub area or that that group you know uh that's 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 really scary that is and after seeing some of the videos of like seattle and stuff it just looks like a freaking war zone so i don't know it's nuts yeah just yeah so I, I want to I just I want to bring this up and I'm not I'm not changing my mind on how I feel about law enforcement or, or the necessity of law or disbanding police or defunding police. Do you guys think that maybe just maybe maybe police need a little more training or a little more time before they're hitting the beat or maybe a little more rookie time? What do, do we need any kind of overhaul whatsoever of police? And the only reason why I say this is because. I'm one of those guys. I watch a lot of I watch a lot of police stop videos, okay? And I know that a lot of times it's egged on by the person filming it, but it seems like there's a lot of law enforcement that just don't know the local statutes and laws and you've got I don't know, it just seems like there's a lot of inexperienced police out there and maybe that's just my perception of how the media spins it, but do you think that maybe we need a little more training or more service hours every year back in the classroom or studying law itself or what do you guys think? And I'm not yes. trying to rip on law enforcement at all. I have nothing against police. All right. One thing saying, that I, you know, I think, I think a you know uh, maybe some more uh, yearly refreshers would help, um, as well as some sort of. Uh, I mean, maybe that's. Really, I know there's a lot of people that don't like the idea of like a civilian oversight board, not with the authority to necessarily reprimand, but that's where. With you know uh, authority, be able to look into what they want, and then they can you know uh, give advice to uh, the DA, the you know the uh, the chief, whatever. So that way they have someone in there that's in theory not on the payroll, who can't necessarily do anything. So that way, if you get a whole bunch of you know you can't just get a couple ex cons on there that want to just hammer on because yeah. they don't have the power to do so. Yeah. But they at least you know then you have at least someone who's quote unquote outside the uh, lack of a better way of putting it the good old boys club who at least has access to the information and that might you know uh, might be a balance point you know, uh, you know combine that with training of some sort. One of the things that I would like to see is. Well, okay. So there's a couple things I would like to see. One of them is maybe more 
accountability, and I don't know the right way to put this into action, but but better accountability. So when we've got a department that the more I hear about the Minneapolis Police Department, the more it sounds like there there's a disproportionate amount of officer-involved shootings and, and just overall uh, excessive use of force, it sounds like, in that department compared to, you know, other comparable-sized uh, areas. And so maybe there's a way to make everybody more accountable. Uh, I don't know how, but if we could find a way to do it, that would be one thing I'd, I'd kind of like to see. Um, a few other things I'd like to see is, um, and I know that this will never happen, but wouldn't it be nice just, just, just for a short time, even that the media could let the world see how many cops get it right every day. How many times the, the police, do things the right way, bond with their communities. Um, and I mean, we all see it when, you know, uh, when a cop kills somebody and it, it goes viral and, and it, you know, the video is, is all over everywhere by the end of the day, you know, we all see that and, and yeah, it looks bad and yes, it's bad. Okay. I'm, I'm not in any way trying to take away from the severity of the event, but what I'm saying is that, uh, I don't know how many millions of police officers there are in this country, but they're not all bad or we'd all have been in fear for, you know, in fear of police a long time ago. And we're not. We're when I see a cop coming down the street, I don't panic and think that they're, you know, they're just going to come terrorize me because they can because they got a gun. Uh, we don't see that. And and I know in some countries that's a real thing. Um, the the police slash army and sometimes they're both um they can just stop and, and mess with you and, and do do whatever and uh some people really do live in fear of you know the quote unquote authorities in their country and we don't so i think that maybe we should include that in the discussion that when somebody screws it up yeah it's bad and let's throw the book at them and let's punish people for the crimes that they commit whether or not they wear a badge that i'm okay with that idea but let's not demonize everybody that wears a badge and i think as gun owners that's that's something that we all can can understand the concept of because we all get demonized every time there's a school shooting we all get told that we have blood on our hands because we don't want to give up our rifles because they mean more to us than than children do which we know is absolute bs so telling me that that police are bad and they all need to be you know uh, we, we just need to do away with police everywhere. Total BS. We don't. So yeah, I think there are bad people. There are bad people. I don't care what group you give me. There's going to be bad people in it that do bad things. We're not. I don't. I don't get terrified when I see a, a Catholic priest walking down the street either, and I don't automatically assume that he is in any way a, a bad character. Uh, even though, yes, the church has had people in the past that have that have preyed on young, you know, young children or whatever, that doesn't mean that priests, as a rule, are are pedophiles or are are sexual deviants of, of some sort. You know, again, how many million priests are there, or millions of priests are there? And it's a drop in the bucket that actually do bad things because they're humans. We're all human. We all make mistakes. We all do bad things to some degree. And every group that you can show me, there's going to be bad people in it. But that doesn't mean that that one bad apple should 
be the one that you judge the whole barrel by. Okay, let's take that bad apple out before it ruins the whole barrel. Okay, okay well then let me throw it out like this. Yeah. Let's say there was a school shooting. And the guy was not pro 2A. He wasn't in any gun rights organization, had a criminal record, stole the gun. You know, the typical, right? Right. And we, our, the 2A community comes out and goes, he had a right to have that gun. He had a right to have it in school. And he had a right to kill them kids. What would they think of us then? Yeah, but does that happen? No, but this is the point I'm getting at. When there's one of these events, now sometimes it's the way it's edited, the camera angle, the fact it has no sound, the fact that we find out stuff later, we find out it is a justifiable homicide. The, the law enforcement officer was defending themselves or somebody else. Or but in the cases where it isn't, you don't hear the police go after one of their own. They protect one of their own. When, no, somebody, right. You're right. when somebody does this, we, I have never met anybody in the community that said, yeah, that criminal... He had a right to steal that gun. He had a right to take it into, you know. We're always saying stuff like give the the, the uh, school faculty the option to be armed or, you know, other stuff like that. We're trying to come up with solutions. But we never, ever support these criminals. You, you don't see law enforcement. I mean, now every now and then you'll see the chief of police or the sheriff come out there and throw their own people under the bus to save their own political skin. But other than that, you just don't see it. It's, it's that whole them and us thing. And, you know, when, when, when a cop screws up and they go, well, we're people like everybody else, too. But then you make a distinction between them and us. Okay, you're either with us or you're not with us. I'm not anti-cop, don't get me wrong. But you can't say we're regular people, too, but then to make a distinguish, you know, that line they're always talking about. So it's very difficult for the public to get behind law enforcement and respect law enforcement when they don't police their own. And, and we're not in a position to police them. I've been told, you know, if you don't like something, file a report. Are you out of your mind? Every cop in, in the municipality will know my name, my address, and then I'll be the guy that they're messing with because I want to file a report. And they filed, what, 18 reports against this guy, and it didn't work anyhow. So it's if you could blur that line, and now it's us and us, not them and us, I think that would do more to help than a lot of things that people who aren't in law enforcement start suggesting and we don't understand the problems with with making those things happen. Well, and again, I think that comes back along with the concept of um, let's get the cops back more involved with the community and let's, let's get the interaction so that people understand that, that cops are, you know, at the end of the day when they go home and they take off that uniform they're still a normal human under there. And we all get the concept. We all know that, but sometimes we lose sight of that. And it is easier to, to draw that hard distinction and, and have that line not be blurry. Um, and, and then somebody out there had mentioned it and I don't, I don't know where the comment went now, but um, we need to have less, you know, military training or militarized training. And, and that's something that I think is just, um, just the, the nature of what has happened in the last 20 years in the last 20 years or so we've seen more and more police departments um become i don't i don't know a better word than militarized or i should more and more i guess tactical or or even tactical um you know i mean there there's a town just up the road here that that's a few hundred people and their one city cop you know walks around with uh, a plate carrier you know vest on all day long and i'm like dude 
what are you worried about? That Granny's going to turn her garden hose on you and, and maybe get your shirt wet? Um, but, I mean, you know, if it, if he ever has to throw down, I mean, he's covered. He's good to go. But the the reason that I think that that is is because we've got, you know, in the last 20 years, we've got way more people that have enlisted than we did the 20 years previous. Um, ever And especially ever since 9-11, we had so many people that that signed up to go you know kick bin laden's butt which is awesome and 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 i love that about you know our fellow patriots um i wasn't one of them i know but what i'm saying is we've got more people than ever that have served in the military and and then come out and a lot of people did join police forces you know that it used to be you know how many years ago uh you were you were a cop because you couldn't go to war. You couldn't enlist. You, you had flat feet or whatever, right? That's where the flat foot term comes from. Um, but now so many cops are, are, you know, veterans. And they've had the military training, but they haven't necessarily had the... I think of it as Andy Griffith or, you know, Andy Taylor and Mayberry. I mean, I never even saw the dude with a gun. I mean, Barney had a gun, but he had to keep his bullet in his pocket. But Andy never even had a gun on him. Yeah, there uh, were a couple of times where something bad would happen, like one where he had the people escape from the state prison where Andy actually put on his gun. Okay, I, I haven't seen all the episodes, but I, I have not seen one yet that Andy had a gun. Um, he was the sheriff. People respected the authority of the of the position of sheriff. And Andy was the type of guy that had the personality where you just naturally respected him right um but at the same time there wasn't anybody in that town that couldn't walk into his office and just sit down and talk to him and tell him their problem and expect him to to have a solution to fix it and that has gone away um we've got we've got a lot of people that have you know they know how to go in and, and clear a room or clear a house or what have you um because they got that training from uncle sam but what they didn't get was the training on how to, I guess, how to win hearts and minds, how to uh, uh, build the community side of it more, because that's not, that wasn't their job, you know, in the Middle East or wherever they were deployed. That wasn't what they were there to do. They were there to whoop butt and take names, right? As somebody with that training, can I extrapolate on that a little bit? Would you? Okay, so I've been working on a speaking squibbish since uh, I heard Rick's Life as I See It last Saturday, and it was about the militarization of police. And at the end, I talk about this particular part, and I keep doing voiceovers, and I've had so much trouble with it. So what I'm about to say might get misunderstood. And if it is... If I'll anybody be, needs clarification, they'll ask. Okay, so one time um, there was a, there's a, a web show called We Like Shooting. They've been around for a while. And one of the uh, panelists is Jeremy Pozderick. He's a Marine like me. I've met Jeremy. And they were talking about a situation where there was a gun battle in the street between the bad guys and the cops. And there were innocent civilians trapped in their cars in the crossfire. And the police were, were hiding behind the cars and using the cars as cover, knowing there were people in these cars. They weren't trying to get the people out. They were, they were continuing the fight. And Jeremy said... And, and, you know, they were going around the panel. Hey, would you would you have done that or would you try to get them out? And Jeremy said, I would have I would have uh, used the car's cover and forget those people. I'm going home that night. And I know where I'm going home that night comes from, because when I was in Somalia, they asked me if I was willing to do some things 
that most people probably would say, no, I wouldn't do that. And my answer to my officer in charge was, I'm going home. I had a wife back home. I'm going back to America, not in a box. And I said, whatever it takes. Well, we were over there and there were, you know, all the, the, the Somalis. We, we, we went in right after Black Hawk Down. So we were looking for blood. Okay. And I'm not talking about a war crime where you go into a village and you waste everybody or, or do something gruesome like that. I'm talking about those were not Americans over there. So I'm not laying down my life to protect. I'm not, I'm not going to go out of my way to see. This is where it gets difficult and it sounds really bad, but I get the whole I, I'm going home. Because, let, let me ask you this one, Squid. Let me just pause you right there. Okay. Would it be safe to say that the, the mindset was similar to SCOTUS saying that the police don't have um, an, uh, an obligation to protect the citizens? In Somalia, you you weren't obligated to protect the Somalis. You were no. there to do a job, a very specific job, yeah. and and only that job. Not not everything else that a police officer would be expected to do. Maybe we weren't we weren't going to go out of our way to do any harm, but we also you weren't there to be Superman, right? Okay, but in America with American citizens, we're not in a third world country, we're not in a war zone, we're not dealing with enemy combatants, terrorists, stuff like that. We're dealing with American citizens. Yes, they might be criminals, they might be thugs, they might be anti-cop, you know, they might be liberals, whatever the problem is, uh, it doesn't matter. You have different rules of engagement. And I, I don't stand with Jeremy on that. I know where he gets it from. I absolutely know where, but you once you rotate back to the world and you put on that shield and that gun, it's a different set of rules and you can't have that. I'm in Mogadishu mindset when you're in Minneapolis. So if that's what you're talking about, I follow where you're, you're coming from. And, and it is, I, and I'm not saying that they should die. I'm not saying that they should, you know, they're, they're just cannon fodder, even though they treated us like cannon fodder in the military. Sometimes <laughs> when you put on that shield and that badge, you're putting a target on your back. If you can't walk out the door and go to work and get in that car and do your job with that target on your back, turn in your shield and your badge and go sell ice cream out of a truck. Okay. It's the same thing in the military. I knew that I could get killed on Liberty. I could, I could be out on Liberty in, in, you know, in some port city in Europe and Americans stick out like a sore thumb and some terrorists could, could kill us. It's happened before. I also knew I could die in a training accident. A tra a lots of guys die in, a, in training accidents in America, never even go overseas. It's, I accepted that risk when I took that job. If a cop can't do the same, that is a similarity. And if they are a veteran, they, they, under, they understand that 110%. So they might feel like they're in a war zone, but this is America. It's not a war zone. I know, I know the whole Chicago reference, but it's not a war zone. So they need to get their head out of their butt and stop thinking that they're overseas fighting enemy combatants. And that I think goes hand in hand with more accountability. And it needs to come from the top down. I mean, um, well, we can talk about defunding police, but I don't think that defund... People are complaining right now that the police don't have all the, the sensitivity training that, that they need. They don't know how to um, necessarily relate to, you know, all of the people in their communities or, or what have you. So rather than, um, number one, rather than put them in a classroom and say, this is a white person, this is a black person, this is an Asian person, we're all the same underneath, 
let's all sing Kumbaya. Okay, that kind of training, that kind of class is is worthless. If you don't know by now that the inside of a white egg and the inside of a brown egg look, taste, and cook up the same, then you probably can't function as an adult. So we all know that. That doesn't matter to some people. They just want to be a-holes, okay? So sitting around and, and doing sensitivity training, I mean, the thought that I would have to sit through sensitivity training at, at my job would make me bristle because I already know that people don't need to be treated differently just because they don't look like I do, okay? That's, that's not my point here. But what I am saying is that we need to not defund the very people that we're saying need better training or need, you know, different tools. Um, and yeah, I, I think squib, what you were mostly trying to say there is that, um, the, the people, and, and I'm, I'm more talking about the cops that, that are, are military veterans and then became police officers afterwards, but especially in, in a, the instance of those people, um, you know, when they were when they were in the military, they were given a set of tools and told to uh, accomplish this goal. Now that they're police officers, not only has the goal changed, but the tools need to change as well. Um, the the tools, you know, uh, and I've never been in the military. Obviously, I've never been deployed, but it seems to me like every tool that you're given when you're deployed is basically a glorified hammer and you're there to pound down nails. As a police officer, there are occasional nails that pop up that need to be pounded down. But for the most part, not everything you do needs to be done with a hammer. Um, and so that is where more of more of that training and maybe maybe better training overall for all of our veterans uh, or not training, but better resources for everybody that comes home that needs to relearn how to live in the world again. Um, I can't wrap my head around what that's like. But I do know that it's an issue for a lot of people. I do know there's a reason why we have organizations like 22 Kill. Um, and, and I do know that, that something needs to be done overall. Um, so if, if we're going to have militarized police forces, what are we going to expect? We're going to have some of the same issues that, that we see with other military forces. So that's where some of the training, I think, and some of the accountability um, you know, each each officer needs to be accountable to their their sergeant or their commander, whatever that that uh, person is, who needs to be accountable to somebody above them, who needs to be accountable to somebody above them, maybe the mayor or, you know, whoever, county commissioners, um, voters, if it's a sheriff. But the the checks and balances, I think, are missing right now. And and that is something that we could get back in place. So. All right. Have we uh, have we beat this subject to death yeah. yet on the cops? Uh, the, can problem I, is, the problem isn't that there's no checks and balances. The checks and balances are there. The problem is the police union is too powerful in yep. a lot of these states. The cops go up for review. They get where they're going to be punished. And all of a sudden, you and they stop it from happening because they threaten to do this, that, or the other, and the city backs or whatever municipality, whatever review board, whatever, they back off. One of the things that needs to be done is the union needs to be broken. I don't know how you go about doing it, but the police union needs to be broken. That'll fix a lot of these issues 
real quick because they won't have the union covering their butts every time they do one of these bad cops goes out there and does something. And I'm not saying all cops are bad. Believe me, 99% of cops are good guys. It's But the only ones you ever hear about are the bad ones. And that gives a perception that all cops are bad. And that's just not the way it works. Right. Yeah. And another thing, too. I mean, okay, so let's let's kind of shift gears a little bit. Let's let's go back to just the, the whole concept of defunding or completely disbanding um, police departments, entire departments. Um, now, again, I know some of my illustrations maybe aren't the most sensitive in the world, but um, I, I think about it this way. If I was to, um, if I was to notice that I had, you know, a, a spot on my arm and I went in and had it checked out and it turned out that it was, you know, I'd been out in the sun without sunscreen too much. And, and I had, you know, a little spot of, of, uh, maybe a, a mole that went cancerous or something like that. <clears throat> so we've got one bad spot on a perfectly good arm. Should the solution be to amputate the arm or should we just cut out that one little spot, treat it, watch it, make sure that it doesn't spread and go about our day and let okay. the perfectly good arm still do its job and, and the body can function the way it was supposed to. Can I add to that analogy? Yeah. Oh, a little bit? Hi, Jim. Hey, <laughs> I, how's it going? I, I, I told you I was going to come in and lurk. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, if you want to just to expand on that analogy a little bit, excessive sun exposure or lack of sunscreen you mentioned being the cause of that cancer, mm -hmm. you know, let, let maybe we talk a little bit on why we develop some cancers in, in police departments. And, you know, one, one of the reasons I see, if you want to talk about let's defund the police, that, which is preposterous, but if you have federal, state, and local governments pushing down tens of thousands of ridiculous laws, many of which are unconstitutional, and we all, we all, I think, can agree on that, for these guys to enforce, which dramatically increases the number of things they have to do, the number of things they have to learn, the number of times they have to interact with people, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Every time that happens, something can go south. You know, if we want to, if we want to reel in the police, why don't we reel in the governments who are charging the police to, to enforce so many of their ridiculous policies? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, if we're, that's really the kind of top down I see is needing, you know, because we have, you know, maybe there's more to the story. I, you know, I get that, but just, just recently in my own town, uh, someone got arrested for driving around without license plates, you know, maybe, okay, maybe you shouldn't drive around a lot of license plates. It's the law. I get it. But it's just yet another one of those things that, you know, some men in a room got together and says, you can't put your car on a street without a license plate. Mm -hmm. There's probably an argument for, for, for doing that. I get it. But you know, if the, the more we get men in the rooms saying, Sandhills, you got to do this now and you got to start doing this and you got to start doing that next, next July. You know, the, the, the more ridiculous things we get of that, the more, the more we're counting on police to enforce those things. And then, mm -hmm. 
it's it's kind of a beast of our own creation and then and then in 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 a lot of cases we blame the police for you know what's really a problem in city hall or state capitol or washington dc <laughs> true i mean okay so I so the sunscreen just slow this down so get get the sunlight off the skin you know sure um yeah and and there's a few things to unpack there i was thinking earlier today about this a little bit and i was thinking you know there's so many people that are are uh and and for the last several years ever since we first started hearing um you know more in in the spotlight about the the red flag laws and things like that which has been several years now that we've been talking about these i know they've been around for a long time but they haven't been in the spotlight until recently and so you know we've got people saying hey don't don't uh follow unconstitutional orders i mean if uh if the sheriff says uh you know go serve this this uh this order this protection order and you know that it's unconstitutional then you know you you swore an oath to uphold the constitution and just don't follow orders well that goes back to education how many people actually are aware what is a constitutional order and what isn't how many people are willing to fall on that sword or or, or i don't know the right saying how many will are willing to die on that hill and say hey i'm just going to quit my job because you know i found a profession that, that i'm good at and and i i have I feel a duty to be a police officer and all I have to do is, is serve this order and I can keep being a police officer or this is unconstitutional, but the, you know, my other choice is then to not follow orders in which case I'm going to get fired. I'll get reprimanded for being insubordinate. Whether or not the order was constitutional doesn't matter at that point that whoever doesn't serve that protection order still gets punished, probably fired. Um, it goes back to the education. Again, we need to make people aware what is and isn't a constitutional order, right? I mean, some people just want to go along to get along. And again, that's going to be true of any group of people, police officers included. There are there are some people that just want to go walk in, do their job, and go home and see their family at night. And put in their time, and after you know, 30, 40 years, whatever, retire out, get pension, and buy a boat. You know, there are people like that in every job. It's, it's going to be the same thing for some police officers there. There's always going to be somebody that's willing to serve that order. Um, yeah. And they're trained to, they're trained to, uh, you know, this is, this goes back to a leadership thing. And I'll say real quick, just, just in case anybody listening out there, because I've had plenty of people over the past two weeks accuse me of being anti-cop, which I'm not in any way, but, uh, you know the, the the leadership trains these the, the these police officers to just I'm doing I'm gonna I have to do this because my superiors or the laws that are written says to do this and you Mr. Citizen that I'm arresting take it up with the courts you know that they, they, they they're, they're trained to just you know defer that onto that this is somebody else's job to worry about my job is just to implement this action that's right in front of me you know so i, I, I you know i don't know how we counter that i don't think there's any empathy you know i've said this before and i've been told i'm wrong but whatever is that cops get away with stuff that you and i don't do good example is there's assault and there's assault on a police officer why isn't it just assault 
if somebody breaks into my house and is coming up my stairs with a gun and I come out of my bedroom and I shoot them dead in my hallway and the person has a rap sheet 10 pages long and the cops, I call 911 when I get in, even if the gun is, you know, empty and cleared and off to the side and I'm, they're going to tase me, slam me to the ground, drag me off, question me, stuff like that doesn't happen. If there's two cops and there's a bad guy shooting at them and the one cop shoots him dead, the other cop doesn't point his gun at him and say, freeze, drop the gun, get to the ground and throw cuffs on him and arrest him. And you go, well, of course, it's justified shoot. Well, in my house, it was a justified shoot. Why am I getting treated like this? Yeah, they, but it's a little bit different because those two cops already know um, who are the police and who are. No, who no, no. It isn't any different. Not well, if it, not they're going to say that it's different, though. Well, and because, wrong. because those two cops, I, I, I'm with you, and I'm maybe just playing devil's advocate here, but they go to your house, they've got to sort out who's the homeowner. I, I understand, the I understand, but after they've looked at my ID and my wife and my kids are there, and they go, "That's dad," that's you know, and they're looking at this guy, and they're going, "Hey, we've been looking for this guy for," and they don't. I'm still getting the thing is, I'm I'm not saying that it's practical or even intelligent for the partner to point the gun and say, "Freeze, drop the gun, get on the ground." But if he did that. He had to do it. Those were the rules. And the other cop said, you ain't taking me in. No, now you're resist resisting arrest. How does it feel? Mm -hmm. How does it? I don't even see how resisting arrest should be a charge because it's in your nature to do that. That's human nature to not want to be. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, uh, I'm not anti-cop either. And there's people out there that are calling for violence against cops. And I don't agree with that. Absolutely don't. But you live by a different set of rules. You enforce the rules on us, but you live to it by a different set of rules, and not everybody in the department necessarily leads by example, leads the community by example. Says, yes, I live by a different set of rules, therefore I have to behave to a higher level of society. And unfortunately, like you were saying, those few bad apples tarnish the whole bunch. Mm -hmm. Now, there's another before thing. I lose, before I lose the comment, I just want to, um, out in the chat, Nighthawk Medic um, has been saying some really good stuff. But one of the things Nighthawk said was uh, uh, every Nazi SS officer was just following their orders. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but at Nuremberg, only the officers got charged with war crimes, correct? The enlisted men did not because they were just following orders. It was war. They were told, go shoot these you know, allied forces. And so they did. And so the enlisted people did not get charged with war crimes. Only the officers did, right? Uh, because they, officers get held to a higher level of accountability. The only enlisted that I'm aware of that were charged were the ones that served at the camps. Okay. The ones, the ones actually out there uh, doing combat. No, none of that was. All the people that were charged with war crimes had something to do with the camps. Right. Yeah, okay. and those were usually NCOs. Um, if you were a private, you weren't getting charged. It was the NCOs. Then the but senior I, that were the ones that were getting charged in the camps. But I, I get the point you were going for. You were trying to create a distinction. I didn't mean to Yankee and, Marshall. And, and to Red Hawk's point, I mean, I get it. Um, sometimes, sometimes you know that orders are wrong. And I'm sure that there were people, um, that there were there were Germans during World War II that knew what they were doing was wrong. But again, and I'm not defending Nazis in any stretch, okay? But, but as far as, you know, trying to be a little bit empathetic, um, and again, speaking of the, the enlisted personnel, um, if you disobeyed orders in, in the Nazi army, uh, 
it wasn't just that you got shot. That was one thing. But before you got shot, you were going to watch your wife, your children, your parents, your siblings get shot first in front of you. Then you would get shot. And so um, in a uh, in a dictatorship like that, in and especially in a, uh, you know, that sort of a situation, I mean, again, they were all ruled by fear. They figured that shooting, you know, the, these Jewish people over here or these allied forces over here uh, was the lesser of the two evils. At least their family got to live. And so I understand where some of that was coming from, and I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying that, that what they did was right. It, it wasn't. Of course it wasn't. Um, but I, I can't imagine being put into that position. You know, it's, it's different for, for our soldiers. I mean, nobody in the American military has to worry that their family is going to get executed because they were insubordinate. So, um, you know, we all say, well, if I, if I was put in this position, this is the decision I'd make. You don't know until you're in that position, what decision you'd make. I like to hope that I would take the high road, but I don't know. Not until I'm put in that position do I know what I'm going to choose. And so um, just just knowing that we have, you know, orders that are given to police officers in the United States that go against the, the Constitution, um, that should be enough. People should know. And the Constitution was written so that you don't have to be, you know, an Oxford scholar to understand it. But at the same time, we do need better education and... Um, we do need to make sure that people there, there needs to be some, I don't want to say a union necessarily, because I've never figured out what good unions do, but there needs to be some sort of um, protection for somebody uh, to, to at least prove that the reason they were insubordinate was because it does go against the constitution. I, and I'd like, I don't know. I don't know how we can put that into place, but that there should be, some sort of protection so that, you know, um, a brand new rookie officer or even somebody that's been in for 20 years, you know, and doesn't want to risk their pension, um, knows that they're protected because they're in the right. So, and I don't know how we do that, but I don't know how you get around uh, that culture of tell it to the judge. Yeah. Aspect of this too. You got a lot of these officers, they're having to figure out what is constitutional based on what one judge's interpretation of it is. That's true. That's a big problem, too, because you don't know you don't know what one judge said here and one judge said here. You've got lawyers that take weeks upon weeks of research so that they know what the judge's interpretation of what happened was. So it's you got people are saying that you can't educate the police so much before they have to be put out on the street or else you're not going to have enough cops out there to do the job. So, well, mean, and unfortunately, in many cases, the, the, we, we, we defer to experts in this country an awful lot, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. But in, in, in many of these cases, I think the, 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 the legal profession and specifically the judges, well, the judges and lawyers, honestly, have taken, have tried to take that plain language constitution out of the common man's reach you know what i mean yeah, uh, only only we can under only we can really figure this out so you know and 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 the fact of the matter is what they say pretty much goes right now but th th there's there's a lot of situations where you see leaps of logic that don't make any sense and when something's clearly you know 
government it, it, it the government's not authorized to do this and they're doing it it's yeah. not constitutionally <laughs> you know well, that's for uh, I think on that front he said there are nine Supreme Court justices that can't agree on what the Constitution says yeah that, that's, that's a great for, point. let's let Calaveras talk he's been waiting sorry about that uh, you know your point about you know what uh, well, one cop you know what uh, because you know he's afraid of losing his job you know uh, and then just passing something you know passing the task on to one willing to do it that's where yeah if you get if it's one here one there it was like what was it? i think the cop was out of seattle that publicly uh criticized what the government was trying to do up there and they canned him for it and you know there was outrage when I think they ended up offering him his job back uh, because it went absolutely viral. But that's for one good cop here, one good cop there isn't going to be able to break that system. It's going, you know, you know, just like you guys were talking the, uh, you know, based on Nighthog's comment about the, you know, uh, the Nazis. If you had the upper three level people say go do this and it's wrong, and you know uh, their entire unit underneath them were to say no. Then okay, well yeah. Now you've got three officers that have to try to take on, you know, thirty to forty underneath them. You know, the there's enough weight of numbers at the bottom that if they were to you know stand together, they would be able to stop certain things from happening. You know, uh, with the you know the commands being uh, unconstitutional. Unfortunately, we at least the ones that we hear about, you only see it's only few and far between mm -hmm. no that's that's a very good point um nighthawk has has said twice now out in the chat all that must happen for freedom to die is good men not to resist the laws and actions of evil men which sounds a lot like a uh an edmund burke quote and so so yeah um and that's true but at the same time we've got to have enough good men uh unwilling to do nothing and that seems to be lacking a lot too. Um, and we've talked before as far as, you know, um, if and when the time ever comes that, that we actually have an honest to goodness revolution. And I'm not talking about the boog or whatever it's supposed to be, but an, a real revolution where we literally hit the reset button on the government and start over. Um, you know, who's going to lead it and, and how many people are going to uh, fall in line? Because right now we've got a whole lot of cooks um all trying to make their own recipe and you know what they say about too many cooks uh spoiling the broth and so um i mean we've just got no organization and that's why it's not the time yet to revolt um things aren't number one aren't that bad number two we don't we'd be we'd be done before we started i think it's not organized so um we still need to get the word out and that's why we have these discussions because number one, I know what I think, but I, that doesn't make me right. Um, except for it's my podcast, and so ha, I, I'm right. No, seriously though. <laughs> uh, seriously, it's a great feeling. Hey man, can't argue with you. <laughs> if you if you want to be right, just start your own podcast. That's now you know what it's like to be a judge. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I don't care what the law is, son. You're in my courtroom now. You're in my courtroom. That's I right. am the law. I am the Senate. But the cops said to take it up with you, sir. Yeah. yeah no <laughs> but but as, as as far as all that goes, I mean, that's why we have these discussions. 
because how many people out there potentially listening to my voice right now maybe haven't thought about it or haven't thought about things from all the perspectives that, that are getting offered tonight. And that's why we do this, because we need to raise awareness. We need to just make people think for themselves. And if more people would just think for themselves, then we could take great strides in rectifying a lot of the situations that are going, what I think is downhill in, the, in this country. Um, that doesn't mean that everybody has to agree. But I think the, the, you know, the fact that common sense really isn't very common anymore. Um, the fact that every, whenever I say that, people just, they either laugh and nod their head or, or they, you know, they just kind of nod their head, but look down at the ground and like, yeah, yeah, you're right. But what are you going to do? Um, and we have discussions, promote thought, promote independent thought. That's why we do this because I want perspectives that aren't my own. I want to know what other people think. I want to know where other people are coming from. I definitely want people to know where I'm coming from. That's why I have a podcast. But at the same time, um, just getting the, the seeds planted in people's minds, as far as, you know, things to think about that, that is so powerful. Um, and, and again, stuff that we're not going to talk about tonight, but we're going to get to next week, you know, but, but just as, as a complete generalization, you know, um, the one thing that makes that house of cards topple down is seeing all of us stand together side by side, no matter what the issue is, all of us as a united front, um, which goes back to that three officers versus, you know, 30 or 40 enlisted under them, um, yeah, if everybody would unite and get together and work together and agree to work together and form that hierarchy and be organized, nothing could stop us, whether it's, it's you know, uh, the, the pro-2A movement or um, getting rid of corruption in Washington or whatever is the case, um, nothing could stop us if we could all just stop arguing and, and work together. So if they keep us divided, then they keep us controlled. And the last thing that they want is for us to all have a sit down discussion where we hash out our differences. We agree to disagree on certain things. And then we decide to roll up our sleeves and get to work side by side. That is what they can't stand to have happen. And, and they can't afford it. And they can't, they don't want to see that. And that is why the, uh, the discord gets gets sown as much as it does throughout our country because as long as we're bickering amongst ourselves we can't rally together and rise up against what needs to be risen up against whether it's again corrupt politicians or you know bad laws or whatever is the case um they don't have to beat us they just have to keep us from you know they just have to make us beat each other beat ourselves so i don't have to outrun the bear as long as I uh, can outrun the guy that I'm hiking with, right? So that's why I carry a 22 pistol in bear country, because as long as I can shoot the other guy in the kneecap, I can get away. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't shoot somebody in the kneecap. But I wouldn't hike either. <laughs> oh, yeah, mandatory warning shots, right? Yeah, okay. So <laughs> Defense Dad, you've been patiently waiting for a chance to get fired up, I think tonight. And, and for those of you who don't know defense dad, uh, very well, uh, this dude doesn't get fired up. He's about as even keeled as you can imagine a guy to be. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what this looks like, but <laughs> if we can't rile up defense dad a little bit, 
Um, hey, defense dad, did you hear that uh, there are people that want to disband the police department in Lincoln? I did. How do you feel about that? I feel, well, I mean, I've got a I think the idea of disbanding police departments altogether, whether it's here in Lincoln or anywhere, it, I mean, sorry, it's just stupid. So, is there some reform need be need to be done? Absolutely. Do the police need to be able to be held accountable to know the statutes and what they're pulling somebody over for, arresting them, tickets for? Do they need to know if it's legal? Yes. But to disband the police department. Okay, so what's going to happen when the criminal's like, hey, we've got no police to mess with anymore, so we can just do whatever the heck we want to. I mean, if we do that, the whole country is going to be just complete anarchy. Like in Minneapolis, they're starting with it. So, and I don't don't know all the extremities, but I think I looked it up. Just Minneapolis Central is like 422,000 people, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken. So I said, you got a police department to let 422,000 people do whatever the heck they want to? I mean, when is the idiocy, sorry, when is this stupid, stupid crap going to stop? People need to be held accountable for their own actions. If they do evil actions, they need to be held accountable for it. But as a private citizen, too, we need to be held accountable for stupid crap. So with all the, and I know we weren't going to talk about it, but in reference to the protests i'm fully in 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 support of protesting because well we protest against you know the laws we think are unconstitutional against gun control peaceful protest difference causing rioting and looting and all that stuff who's going to protect the community if we don't have a police force for there mm-hmm. um here in lincoln that that's the police didn't step in until people started becoming violent. I mean, what are you going to do when you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people with nobody to enforce what's reasonable laws? Now, might have sounded like a rant, but yeah, I'm kind of up in arms about it. Well, but that's a very, very good point that you make, though. And I I really need to watch the movie The Purge because I've never seen any of those. But that is what goes through my mind when I think about, okay, so there's no cops. Uh, what good are laws without law enforcement? If yeah. if you don't have a police department, then who steps in and enforces laws? And what good is a law if there's nobody to enforce it? I mean, I don't know if everybody that's listening right now watches pro wrestling, and I don't watch it very often. But and and I'm definitely aware that that you know they follow uh, they loosely follow a script. So. Here's, here's what I see every time I do watch it, um, almost every match anymore, it seems like at some point, um, you know, one of the two wrestlers is uh, um, does something and, and hits a move that stuns the other person. And, uh, um, you know, the, the I'll say guy, it's not always guys, but the guy that gets stunned, you know, he's, he's kind of staggering around in, in a corner of the ring or whatever. And uh, somebody comes up from, you know, beside the ring off the apron there and does something and, and the ref goes over to yell at that person, distracts the referee. And then 
you know, the other wrestler goes over and just does something completely illegal to the stunned wrestler behind the referee's back. He never sees it. He doesn't, you know, the ref doesn't see it. The, the wrestler doesn't get in trouble for it because if the ref doesn't see it, it never happened. Even though, you know, 30,000 people uh, in the room and however many million on TV see it, um, you get away with it because there's no enforcement of that rule. So why have the rule? Imagine a wrestling match without a ref. I'd, I'd say that in some ways you're right. Uh, and, and in some ways that there are, there's always going to be a certain amount of the population that pretty much only behave because there's consequences and people to enforce those consequences. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the other 98.675% of us, <laughs> I'm not saying want, wouldn't need police or some sort of law enforcement, but uh, I posted something on Facebook. I reposted something on Facebook earlier that said law and order in a nation does not exist due to a massive cadre of enforcers. It comes from the citizenry. And, and, the, yeah, true. and the, and, the agreement and, to follow the rules. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the fact that most of us are civilized people who want to live in a civilized society make the, make, make the, the job of those who would enforce the laws a lot easier. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, we need law enforcers and we even need tough law enforcers to some degree. You know, I, I wouldn't say that's the only thing standing between us and the purge necessarily. <laughs> but again, yeah, but let's, go also, what, let's go back to what Nighthawk said, though. Take the uh, take law enforcement out of the picture, and there are people who are still willing to have some sort of order. But how many of the good people are willing to stand up and, you know, stand in the gap then? Not enough. There well, aren't enough. There, there are already uh, places where law enforcement is more, in some of these suburbs. I think, you know, Seattle, again, is a good example because the police were so busy dealing with what was going on downtown where there was suburbs that more or less formed their own quick reaction militias to more or less, uh, provide their own security because it was people that want you know, that wanted to live by the law and when they found out there wasn't going to be law enforcement in that area and there was potential threat of you know uh, people coming in from outside they formed their own you know uh, uh, group to do that for themselves and you know, at least from what I have, I haven't heard of any potential issues, but that's where the threat of there being a citizen group willing to defend their own neighborhood was enough that those areas didn't have any problems. If you were to take an area like Minneapolis or uh, out in the chat, you know what people are kind of joking around about using California as a test bed, so I suggested Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. There would be, you know, neighborhoods that wouldn't really change that much because there would be citizens in that area 
who would be willing to step up and yeah, they may not enforce speeding laws. They may not enforce uh, your registrations out of date. They may not enforce uh, stuff like that. But the really key things that would matter to them uh, to keep a peaceful society, they were willing to step up and do the job. Well, there was a time uh, in the Old West where they did have citizen patrol to committees, they were the vigilante committees, and a lot of those eventually turned into lynch mobs, essentially. So that's one of the dangers of having untrained citizenry going around and doing that job, too. So that's another fact you got to take consideration. Or so if you have untrained citizenry running around, what if you have a active school shooting situation? How many people are really going to step in and go into that, even though they say they will? Or what if, what if there's a bomb threat? How many people out there are trained to handle that? I mean, there's, there's parts of this that the average citizen militia or protected group, or what you want to call it, aren't they're not trained, they're not capable of handling. Probably more average citizens than law enforcement in Broward County. Just saying. <laughs> okay, but are they gonna get rid of guys, are they gonna get rid of sheriff's departments and highway patrol and special units and things like that? Are we talking about a complete defunding of the of every element of law enforcement in Minneapolis? Are they not gonna have those divisions anymore? Anytime that they're asked, they won't give a straight oh, answer. I know, I know. Uh, yeah. Like, what's the uh, the president of the Minneapolis City Council, uh, Lisa Bender, I think is her name, was asked on, on several different, apparently on several different shows, I think, I don't even know if they were all on CNN, but in the last couple of days, several different people um, have asked her, uh, uh, what's the Cuomo on CNN? Is that Chris? Ask her, uh, you know, what do you mean by defunding? And, and does that mean you don't want to have any police officers? She always skirts the question and answers not what they, not what she was asked. And uh, in in all of her interviews, she never has quite said exactly what that means. Um, so that's half of the issue is, you know, there, people are calling for something that nobody knows what they actually want. So that's my next question is if. Uh, you know, because we've gone from from uh, defund to disband. I mean, that's an escalation that has come about just in the last couple of days. Uh, defunding is one thing. Well, you know, we want to just not give as much money to the police or let's take their guns away or something like that. So, I mean, yeah, that, that works for uh, people in England. They never have terror attacks in England because the bobbies over there will blow their whistle at you and make you stop. Um, no, that's not how, that's not how it works. And we've got, uh, a whole lot of things that are different than England. Um, number one, a lot more people. Number two, people that are used to freedom. Number three, firearms in the hands of civilians. So, uh, uh, I don't agree with, uh, making the police undergunned. I don't think that the police should, should be, um, less equipped, than the average citizen. I don't think they should be more equipped than the average citizen either. I think that we should have access to, to whatever police and military have access to, but that's a discussion for that a different. That doesn't necessarily mean pulling some of their teeth though. That means giving right. us a few more. Well, right. I don't necessarily want to defund the police or, or, or disarm them or disband them. But my question is actually this. If we, if we did completely disband, let's say, uh, and we'll use Minneapolis as an example. Let's say that, you know, within the next couple of months, there is no more Minneapolis police department at all. It's gone. 
all the officers have been, you know, they've either left or they've, they've been let go or whatnot. They, they've, their job's gone. The, the department's dissolved. So who fills that void? Probably it, the sheriff or the state police. It, does, does, yeah. it, does it just fall on the sheriff? Because what are they, uh, what's the town in New Jersey? Camden, New Jersey, I think, did that. And they, it, it sounded, you know, at face value, like they got rid of their police department in Camden, New Jersey. What actually happened is their police department doubled in size because now they are enforced by the sheriff's department. So there's always going to be somebody that fills that void. And, and a lot of small towns around Nebraska do that. They can't afford to keep even a part-time city police officer on, on staff. So the sheriff's department just agrees to you know come and, and put that small municipality, that village or what is it, whatever it is, you know, within their jurisdiction then. And so um, I've seen that happen a lot where a, a little town that used to have, you know, at least one town cop doesn't have any anymore. And, and just the sheriff's department handles it now. Um, so it wouldn't be a whole lot different, I guess, in, in the big cities either. If the sheriff's department is big enough, how many of those city police officers would go work for the sheriff's department if they decided to expand and, and hire more deputies? It happened here in Pontiac, Michigan. The, the city ran out of money, so they had to close the police department. The Oakland County Sheriff went in, moved into the building, hired back a bunch of the local cops to work. And I don't know how they're figuring out the county has to pay for it. But, yeah, there's still law enforcement there. They'd probably do the same thing. So, I mean, now... In, in some ways, I'd like bigger sheriff's departments because... At least nominally, there's more accountability to the man in charge, you know, take Houston, for example, uh, or really any big city police department. The, the, the sheriff is an elected official, which, you know, some counties do better than others uh, with how they t take that off. But the chief of police is just the mayor's pet, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that causes problems of its own. So. That's true, and at least the sheriff is completely, one hundred percent answers to the to the voters in the county. That's true, but let's take this one one further step, though. Let's say that let's say that we completely disbanded police. The sheriff's department didn't fill in, and now there there just are no police. Let Let's say that you know, heaven forbid, Minnesota decided to get uh, what I think is completely dumb. And uh, let's just get rid of all police in Minnesota. Let's and yeah, it won't happen. But what if it did? Somebody's going to fill that void. There's always going to be somebody that decides that they want to make things the way that they want them, and might makes right. So one of the benefits of having police departments, whether they're city, state, county, what have you, one of the benefits that we have is. They also keep private forces in check, right? I mean, how many great Westerns are, you know, Western movies or Western novels uh, were, were written or were filmed based on the premise of there's a town that one rich person, you know, owns all the land and owns all the people and just does whatever he wants and takes whatever he wants. And uh, the sheriff is in his pocket. So the sheriff doesn't stop him until, you know, that, that, drifter that gunslinger rolls into town and, and isn't willing to lay down like everybody else and and then you know he starts the to fight the battle and the townspeople rally behind him and and then they 
you know, the bad guy at the end of the movie is the he's dead or what have you run out of town. And then there's a new sheriff in town, right? There's always going to be somebody to fill that void, whether it's good or bad. There's always going to be somebody there who will exercise their might for what they think is right. Um, and so having a police department with some sort of code of conduct and, and having a constitution in place saying, these are the laws these are the people that are here to enforce the laws and make sure that if you break these laws that, you know, you get brought in for a trial or what have you for punishment. So it's going to happen no matter what, but at least with police, there's, there's supposed to be a code of conduct, right? A code of honor in there. Um, so be careful what you wish for, because if you don't want the police, there's still going to be somebody that makes sure that you do what you're supposed to do. And it might not be, what you wanted after all. So, um, all right, Pat, you had something that you wanted to throw in there. Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, let's take it one step further in a more severe case scenario. Let's say that they do get rid of all that. And in at least the short term, they don't have anybody to fill that gap just in the short term. What if the national guard comes in? What if it's martial law? What if there's curfews and, you know, just kind of like what's going on now, but stepped up? I mean, is that's not what a lot of people bargain for. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, you know, and then what does it turn into then? You know, just a little food for thought there. No, very, very good thought. And just out in the chat, people are talking about Minnesota being a, a border state, you know, and and uh, if we didn't have law enforcement or, or you know, um, border patrol in, in Minnesota, then, you know, there might be like swarms of really polite people that come into the country through Minnesota. Heaven forbid that, you know, somebody that speaks English and French and is very polite and brings some maple syrup with them. I don't think it's going to be a problem. Bring poutine when you come, Canadians. Don't just bring maple syrup. Bring us poutine. Some of us like it. Anyway. A little bit of that Canadian Windsor. <laughs> yeah, and ketchup chips, too. <laughs> That's right. Ketchup potato chips and, and, and crown. Chips. Bring crown. Yes. It's expensive here. <laughs> and Tim Horton's coffee. <laughs> Travis wants Tim Horton's. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I've had it before. It's, it's Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, up in Canada, actually, of all things. So, no, you know they are in America, right? Yeah, they are, but not nowhere near Nebraska. I'd have to go. I don't know how far to get one. And, and I mean, if if Minnesota falls, then then what are we going to do? Go to Michigan? <laughs> Who goes to Michigan? <laughs> Nobody. We're not a drive-through state. That's true. Or we're a flyover state. At least you know you guys have. Well, I don't know what you guys have. I haven't been there. <laughs> the it could be worse. It could be Wisconsin. That's true. That's true. They don't even have cheese right now because the cheese plants aren't running. So, yeah, that's true. Okay, so um, I had some other stuff I wanted to talk about, but we're kind of running short on time. So uh, I just want to end with this, and this maybe will take longer than what I expect. Um, but... I just want to point this thing out too. And again, we're not getting into, into race things, but just again, as a general thing here, um, two thoughts. The first thought is that, um, and I said it towards the beginning of the night here, if this doesn't show you the need to be armed 
and the merits of you know having an armed citizenry, then I don't know what will. Um, one of the uh, slogans that the Pink Pistols organization uses, and if you're not familiar with Pink Pistols, it's it's a it's a pro two A group um, founded by and and uh, for. Well, I think it started as homosexuals, but I think now it's LGBTQ, and I don't know all the initials, but the whole community um, is now enveloped in in the Pink Pistols. And one of the things that, or uh, one of their slogans is armed, uh, because armed gays don't get bashed. So now we could take gays out and put in any other group, and armed, fill in the blank, don't get bashed. Okay, so that's thought number one. Number two. Uh, and I posted this on Facebook a few days ago, but uh, I wanted to throw that out here too. Um, how many of the people right now that are arguing against police and saying we don't need police and, and everything else, protesting police brutality, kneeling during the anthem because of police brutality, how many of those same people will still insist that only the police should have guns? Because you know good and well that there are some people that just can't make that mental leap to police equals bad, guns equals only the police should have them. What? You know, there's people that are saying it still. So has anybody heard any of this, any of the double talk yet? Because I haven't heard it yet. We haven't gotten back to guns in a while because there hasn't been a you know a public shooting in, in a while by a civilian anyway. Um, but um, does does anybody has anybody heard any rumblings of that from any corners of, of the country out there as far as, you know, hey, we hate the police. Hey, citizens shouldn't own guns. No, I haven't heard it lately. Does anybody think I'm wrong that that's going to come back, though? It's going to come back. It's just being overshadowed by the other stuff that's going on right now. Somebody on the left is going to say it. They can't help themselves be what they are. Some politician will say it on TV in the same conversation and not realize what they just said. Yeah. And they're still filing and pushing anti-gun bills in Congress and state legislatures all over the country. So they haven't stopped. They're just being a little more quiet about it. Except for maybe uh, uh, Mayor Black or Governor Blackface. I and, think he's still pretty vocal about it. And, you know, something you didn't talk about was the... Well, you did to some extent. I mean, is the the responsibility of us, the citizens, the people who aren't in law enforcement and not the politicians to change some of the things we do now in this room? We're all law abiding citizens. We don't really have to change too much. But you got that person that got arrested once. And when they get let out, why don't they turn their life around? Why do they have to go back to crime and get arrested again and then get out and go back to crime and get arrested? Why do they have to keep? Those are the people that, you know, they tell their whole family, their friends or whatever, the cops are bad, the cops are evil, the cops did this, cops did that. They're the ones that tell their children, uh, you know, you know, daddy got arrested. It was the cop's fault, not daddy's fault for breaking the law for the 15th time. Or it, there, There's got to be changes by people. I mean, I, I, I think law enforcement is not the only thing the only factor here is just how do you get that stuff to change? That's even more difficult than getting law enforcement to change. Yeah. Well, if I could just say this, I think part of it, the media needs to be held accountable for how they report this stuff because right or wrong, they only show maybe half the story because that's what boosts their Nielsen ratings. 
all they show is the negative stuff. They don't show the good things that people do or that or people posting stuff on Facebook or YouTube. I just watched a video the other or today, actually. Someone was up in arms. They they only they posted an edited video that they were getting arrested for no reason and getting arrested by a bad cop. The full video popped up, and, well, they were doing 101 miles an hour to 65. And then yeah. they were resisting arrest. Like, I personally think the, the media should be able to be monetarily held accountable for reporting fake news. They need to repay, if, if they say they want to exercise their rights to, you know, post news and everything, they have to post the whole thing, not what's going to get them more ratings. Yeah, but you know that makes me think of a post I saw on Facebook today that said people don't want your people don't want to hear your opinion. People want to hear their opinion coming out of your mouth. People don't care about all the facts. They just want to hear their opinion being reported on the news, and they're going to watch the network that's going to do that. So it's not only the media. Yeah, they need to be held accountable, and they need to be more about presenting you know, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, right, instead of ratings. But number one, again, we know that that's not, that's not reality. Um, that's not reasonable to expect. Because it's just not the way it works in the world right now. But number two, people people watch CNN. People watch MSNBC for a reason. People watch Fox News for a reason. The same reason, actually. Different people will watch CNN than the people that watch Fox News, but they do it for the same reason. The people watch CNN because Fox News is, you know... They're so pro-Trump, and you can't believe anything they say. And, and CNN says, exact, you know, everything that I hear on CNN is exactly what I already thought, um, or everything that I thought is exactly what I hear on CNN, and sometimes that line gets blurry. But there's still a ton of people on the other side, too. Well, everything that Fox News says is exactly what I think, and everything that I think is exactly what Fox News says, because, again, that line gets blurred, and it happens both directions. And I have not yet seen a news outlet, at least not on TV. Maybe there are some smaller ones online, but I haven't yet seen one on TV that 100% just reports the neutral news. Nobody's going to do that anymore because, because they don't have to. So we, the people, need to hold the media accountable. Not We can't wait for the government to hold them accountable because it's not going to happen. So we need to hold them accountable. But how do I do that? I don't watch CNN. So what power do I have? I already don't watch them. They don't get my ratings. What else can I do? I don't know what I can do. I, I don't know what I could possibly do. I could call CNN. I could call Fox. I could call MSNBC. I could say, hey, uh, if you're not going to report all the facts, then I'm just not going to watch. Okay. Have a nice day, sir. That's what I'm going to hear. Thanks for calling in. It's not going to stop. So what do we do? Because I agree, we need to hold them accountable, but how do we hold them accountable? Well, it's what, media, what, we can't hold their feet to the, to, to the proverbial fire because I don't know what fire to hold their feet to. Well, I, I didn't mean to solely attack the media, but like we as private citizens have to be able to held, be held accountable to like monitor our own actions. Like, Stop blaming everybody else for everything that's wrong in this country and, and either do your part to try to fix it or don't be part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cover that next week too. Yeah. I am fully, I'm fully prepared that I'm going to have a ton of people that decide to unsubscribe just because I'm I'm going to throw a few unpopular opinions out. 
I, well, you, said this, you said this is grumpy old men tonight, and this is well, grumpy old man. Wait till next week. You, you want to see? <laughs> we'll get some grumpy, not not only old and not only men, but we're gonna get some grumpy people out in the chat next week. I I just expect it. And, and I'm and I'm gonna say some things that I haven't put into a video because I don't know how to put it into a video, but I want to I want to say it in a setting where people can, um, you know, ask clarifying questions, and maybe I can. You know, maybe if I don't say it right the first time, then I can, you know, we can hash it out what I actually am trying to say. But um, I, I'm aware that I've got a few unpopular opinions and they might not be as unpopular in this crowd. But if I can get some people in our panel and in our chat next week who, you know, aren't typically part of this crowd, then uh, my opinions might not be very popular with everybody that's going to be here next week. And that reminds me. I need all of your help. Um, I will, uh, here in the next day or two, I will get that chat built in YouTube so that I have a link to it and I will share it. And I need everybody to help me uh, share that so that we can, and, and the invite, that's on my Facebook page right now. Um, if you're on Facebook, please go there, find that invite post and share the heck out of it because I want to get people, I won't have room for a full, you know, a, a whole bunch of people in a panel but I want to get people who have a different perspective than mine, because my perspective is, you know, I grew up in a mostly white community in rural Nebraska, and I, that's the only way I know how to look at the world. I want people that didn't grow up in a mostly white community that, that aren't white, that, uh, that know what it's, you know, the, the, all the stuff that we're hearing right now. I want people that know, know how it feels to, uh, have to worry, you know, every time they get pulled over or, or something to that effect. Um, I don't want to make light of it and I don't want to, um, uh, you know, I don't want to belittle anybody's opinion. I want people's perspectives, even if they're night and day different than mine. I just want it to not become an argument. I want it to be a discussion. I want people to willing to, willing to sit down at the table and, and just have a talk and say, Hey, um, I want to learn. I want to learn where you're coming from. And I want to tell you where I'm coming from. And I want to see if there's a place that we can meet in the middle. And uh, that's what I'm looking for. So we'll see if we can get it done. Lord willing, we can. But I need everybody's help to uh, to get the word out and share that invite. And uh, if I don't have room for everybody in the panel, then hopefully we can have, you know, uh, just hundreds of people out there in the chat. Um, and again, I'm going to need some moderators to help keep the chat civil out there next week. So um, anyway, okay. So I think we're going to call it a night. There's a few things that we didn't get to that I would have liked to grump about, but uh, we'll get there. We've got other nights. And so um, we will uh, just let it be at that. So uh, let's see, I'm going to go back through and I know there's been a lot of people out there in the, uh, in the comments, so I can only roll up so far. I don't have the list. If you got here late, Sandhill sweetheart is not home tonight. She's in the chat, but she's not home. Uh, so, uh, I don't have a list. Uh, she hasn't been keeping track of everybody who's been commenting. So I don't get to read off all the names this week. You guys will have to, uh, we'll have to be here next week and we'll have the list again, but, uh, out there in the chat, I do have double a New York outcast, Nighthawk medic, um, blitz guy that comments Philo. Who else do we have? Squib load, Idaho Rogers, USMC, um, D temps out there. Jim Burgess is out there. Ozzy Osbourne's out there. 
I know there's been a lot more M Gabriel's out there, net flutters out there. Um, this is so much easier when I just read it right off a list. Seven Wonders, Iron Horseman, Calaveras is out there. Um, Agorizer, Tim Foley. Tim, nah, I just said Tim Foley. And if I'm skipping you, that's just because you're not commenting enough and I haven't seen your name pop up enough in here. Fluffy 10 millimeter Jeep guy. I think we're running out of them. Make sure that you're commenting, people. That way, at least I get to see you and and uh, and say hi. Squib Lift, Gizzard Gary, Rich White, and again, a whole lot more. A whole lot more. So uh, we're we will just let everybody say good night. Any uh, anything you want to add um, as far as you know? Final closing thoughts on any of these topics? You can say those, and then if you have anything you want to plug for your channel. Um, or any other social media, you'll get that chance too. We're going to start with Night Strike because uh, we haven't even said hello to Night Strike, and here it is, time to say goodbye. Chris Winsett, I see you out there. Um, so, Night Strike, hi. Hi, I just got done working on a uh, on a new server for the Gun Duke Chamber. Sweet, so that means it's going to be even, so, bigger, so, even so, better? Well, I, I'm hoping it. So, what, what I did was I went and... Or, bought a refurbished server off of the internet and I had all the parts shipped to my house so I can configure it and get it set up the way I want it. So, but so I can send it to the data center and they can host it and I can have everybody jump on it on there. So that, that, cause I work with computers. So, you know, it's just, you know, if you don't, if you don't, if you can't build the computer, how you want it, you get one that you can fit that you can upgrade and it'll be how you want it. Cool. So, uh, so, but the same concept with servers. Some servers can be upgraded, some can't. I got one that could. Very cool, very cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Even though our time here is coming to an end, uh, we appreciate you, and we appreciate the GunTube Chamber. So go to GunTube.org, check that out, because without um, GunTube.org... Check out store.guntube.org. I've got merchandise I, I need Whoa. to I need to sell so there's, I can continue. There's, there's swag. Is there swag? So I can so I can continue keeping the chamber up and everyone can continue using it because it's not getting any easier. Okay. So if you go to store.guntube.org, it really helps out. Please. Store.guntube.org. You know what? Let's just store. Should probably put little HTTP things in the middle or in the front of that, huh? Yeah, HTTPS. Got it. I always put S because even if it's not secure, it still works. Well, all, all of my sites, all, all the GunTube sites are secure. There we go. All right, out there in the chat, the link to the store.guntube.org. Check it out. Uh, that helps pay for the chamber so we can have more than six people at a time in here, which is nice. And and, and uh, we like the chamber. Thanks, Night Strike. Okay, moving right along. Jim Burgess, thanks for lurking again tonight. Like I said on Facebook, you're always welcome at my fire. Thanks for having me. You betcha. Any other comments? Any Anything coming up on the channel? Any other collaborations that you're going to be part of? Yeah, maybe I'll do that uh, seven rounds video. I think we should do that. that, that like, I think we should put together one of those again. Let's make that happen. We could, we could probably get, I don't know, we'll figure it out. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, you will just stay tuned. Maybe 4th of July. Um, all right. Thanks for being here, Jim. 
Uh, Calaveras, we're here at the end of the night, and you're still here. That's so cool. Hey, I appreciate the invite. And speaking of collaborations, I'm still looking for some additional people to participate in the next version of Pass the Mag. And uh, if you don't know what that is, you can find you know uh, the one that Sandhills is in on his channel. It's a great collaboration between different YouTube channels. And uh, if you're interested in joining, you can email me at calaveras32special no, at, at gmail.com. And uh, I can give you more information on it. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, thanks for being here. And very cool that uh, you, were, you were hanging out with us the whole time. Normally, Calaveras has to go before we're done. So uh, glad to have you here the, at the end, too. Uh, Pat, thanks for joining us again. Always good to have Nebraskans in the chat with us. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me tonight. Uh, definitely kind of a grumpy man conversation tonight, so that's cool. I had my first one, so uh, just wanted to say thanks, and uh, thanks for the good discussion, and thanks to everybody out there. Yep, you betcha. Uh, Rich, you're up. Yeah, uh, thanks for the invite, and if you don't know a lot about Old West Guns, go back and watch the last three or four episodes of my show over on Unloaded Media Channel. This week Unloaded, we did a uh, things on the wild west guns and different calibers that were fired so if you need if you want to learn more about that stuff you can go over there and check out those old those uh, shows and if you want to catch next week's show we're going to talk about shotguns again that'll be on the unloaded media channel this week unloaded start time between 8 and 9 p.m eastern very cool i gotta go check those out all right thanks for being here rich travis with us as always he's only ever missed two of these Oh, man, keeping track. God, the pressure. Uh, no, but anyway, I appreciate the invite. This is a great discussion tonight, and, I, and you know, it's good to talk about these topics and just really kind of brainstorm on them and pick our brains a little bit. Um, just check out my channel, Travis P11, over there on YouTube, and I have renamed my B channel. It's now called Coffee, Comma, Computers, and More. So if you're into that kind of thing, Retro Tech, Computers, and Coffee, check out my B channel. But otherwise, thanks, man. Appreciate the invite. You bet. Thanks for being here. Yep, yep. All right. Squib, any closing thoughts? Just a reminder to everybody out there, life isn't fair. Accept it. Everybody have a good night. We'll get into that next week. That's one of my unpopular opinions. I will elaborate a week from tonight. Thanks for being here, Squib. All right. Last but not least, Defense Dad, you didn't get as riled as I thought you were going to get riled. Well, my kid's in the other room with the door open. Oh. <laughs> She's never seen dad get mad before, huh? Uh, she has. But <laughs> I don't think she's finally fell asleep, though. But, no, thanks for having me tonight. Um, I got a few things coming on the channel. Uh, I posted a video today and then a few things working on. But mainly just you know, everybody have a good night. Be safe. Uh, and just have a good time. And always good to have you here as well. I'm typing. I had to type some some smack about Travis because I haven't <laughs> I haven't ty typed smack about Travis all night. So, man, what did I do? Can, can I, I know, they're talking about your B channel if it has murder hornets. So I just thought, well, maybe what? maybe you <laughs> and Heavy B are long lost. One. What you and Heavy B might be long lost twin brothers. I don't know. Uh no. I I don't know. No. I, I hate I hate to say no. this. Tra Travis is not a ginger. No, I mean I 
the only thing we really had in common is uh, yeah, that doesn't beer, mean that's about it. So, but then that, again, that doesn't oh. mean it. they could be step twin brothers. Then, uh, uh, but uh, Travis possesses a soul. So identical twin step cousins. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, probably that, not. No, Travis possesses many souls. Yeah, well, yeah. He, is, he, he is the leader of the Travite. Yes, yeah. yes. Join to, us. To, to be a Travite is to have your soul possessed by Travis. So that's right. But I want to screen share something real quick, please. Um, oh. Okay. What, it, what, it, am it, I, what am I it, getting into? It's PG thirteen. Don't worry about it. It's probably the analytics on hit or miss this evening. It was off the chain. Oh. Everybody, check it out on my oh. channel, Travis B one. This is what oh. I've been working on all <laughs> evening. All evening. Is that like an IED or what is that? No, that's, oh, that's, that, that's a computer server. Do you have a vest to go with I, that? I, I, I do have a vest to go with that. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, traps on the underside of it. <clears throat> yeah. Is that C4 so, on the bottom there? That's, <laughs> that's what it looks like when, when it's actually finished and working. So. I've, yeah. I've played with a few of those in my day. So, Can you so, play Oregon Trail with that? At, at, and if you look no. if you look at that picture, Getting yes, it. I've got the old processors out because I put new and improved processors in the server. Sweet. So. You can play Oregon Trail on it, but that's why Night Strike was so late because it took him this long just to get <laughs> well, past the only six forty by four eighty resolution I, though. So I, I, I wasn't playing Oregon Trail, I was playing Tetris. He was playing Four Oregon Trail, and he was he was late because it took him this long just to get across the Mississippi River before he got dysentery. So how did you know? <laughs> Everybody gets dysentery. That is yeah, the yeah. one cause of death in Oregon Trail, I think, was dysentery. And remember, always pay the Native American for safe passage across the river. Okay, save your money. Save your money so that you can pay the the natives for safe passage. Yes, this is what I was working on. It's, it's, it's <laughs> obnoxious out there in the comments. Obnoxious says that server just died of dysentery. Yeah. You know what? Was, it, it better not. I just got it. You know, if playing uh, Oregon Trail at the age of nine, that made me into the video game fan that I am now. So I've got the public school system to thank for that. So there were two versions. I played. I've played both versions on the old Apple IIe with beautiful black and green monitor mm-hmm. on, on a real mm-hmm. floppy disk, an actual disk that was floppy. So yeah, I've, I've still got five and a quarter I've, floppies, and I still I'm, got three and a half floppies. I'm not talking about the little one, you know, that looks like somebody 3D printed the save icon. Yeah. I, 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 I know, I know. You're talking about the five the big, and a quarter floppy. Big black I've one. still got those. Man, we used yeah. to play Oregon Trail on computers where we had to manually load in uh. DOS first. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, yeah. I played Oregon Trail on a computer that predated DOS because it was the old Apple uh. computer. Yeah. It was massive. The, it wasn't a one piece though. The anyway, Android, the Apple II DRS eighty at home where we had to program the games in before we could even play them. Nice. Uh, that was always fun. <laughs> but, but anyway, so people know why I wasn't around earlier, so that's why. Okay, well, either way, it was for a good cause, so thanks for everything that you do. And uh, I think we're going to call it a night. So on behalf of Defense Dad, Squibload, Travis P11, Rich White, Pat Hirsch, Calaveras32 Special, Jim Burgess, Night Strike, Everybody out there in the live chat on behalf of Sandhill Sweetheart, who was here with us in spirit and in chat, if not uh, in body here in in, uh, in the producer's chair, uh, on behalf of everybody, on behalf of myself, we love you. Thanks for being here. We cannot have a chat without all of you out there watching and listening. So please make sure that you share this. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, do it right now. Click that bell so you know when we go live next time. 
Uh, give us a thumb up so that YouTube knows that you care about us. Give us a thumb down. I don't care, but give us a thumb so that uh, YouTube knows you you were here and that you cared. Drop a comment. Let us know what you think about some of these things uh, down below. And uh, we'll see you next week. Hopefully, again, hopefully it's not a complete disaster. But uh, until then, get off my lawn. Adios, Felicia. Adios. Off my lawn. <laughs>